what uh, you, you live in the states uh, you must have a car do not have a car do not have a car you wouldn't you, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have a DeLorean if if it was given to you a DeLorean um, I would yeah um, and you just drive it I don't from know, time little, to time yeah I might be a little bit self-conscious of the way those doors open on the sides you know it's a little flashy for me um, but given okay. given uh, the history and the uh, the power of a DeLorean to uh, transcend time, fourth dimension, I would I would I would take it, and I would use it. <laughs> you would use it. Well, that's yeah, that's a good question. If you had a time machine, would you would would you use it? Obviously, you just said you would, and definitely and. Or if you had a choice, would you have, you know, hey, um, you, I hired you for this job. I want you to be a time traveler and I have the machine. So, you know, I want you to, I want you to go for me. You wouldn't send anybody first just to make sure you could come back? Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose I, I, sh- it's a bit risky. Yeah. I mean, you have um, a family. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I would, uh, probably not be the first to go or use this. Um, but if the, uh, the doc, what's his, what's his name? Phil, Phil, Philby from, from back to the future. Do, the doc. Oh, 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 doc. I mean, no, I know they mostly refer to him as doc, but do you have another? name hey well, siri it, what's what is doc's name from back to the future i found this on the web emmett emmett lathrop emmett lathrop brown i think they doc, called him dr brown oh doc brown okay yeah doc the doc uh doc brown emmett doc emmett brown um had gone first and then handed it to me uh, I would, I would, I would go for it. Go for it. So where would you go to the, to the future or to the past? I would definitely go to the past and I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it or go to the past for any special reason, like get lottery numbers or use lottery numbers or, you know, meet myself and try to talk myself out of my first marriage or, you know, anything like that. I would, I would go to the past many times for uh, tourism. I would just go to experience the, uh, uh, I guess, could you say simpler times of the past, but I'm sure they had as complex of problems as we have now, but I would enjoy um, seeing the differences between now and then. How about you? Yeah, I kind of, kind of. I mean, I was torn. The more I thought about it, I, I, I think I've always wanted to. Sounds like, like you, to travel. I would love to have traveled in a time when, um, and not, not that far back. I mean, I guess like maybe 
100 years ago, something like that, maybe even a little bit less, 80 to 100. Oh, you could meet H.G. Wells? When, yeah, when there was just less tourism um, before there was such kind of globalized branding and, you know, McDonald's or Starbucks and every, uh, you know, around the corner from every, or if not within, <laughs> at major tourist sites around the world. Um, so just to do like a, you know, be able to go back and do some slow traveling by, by boat, uh, by land, by train oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, to experience some other cultures. But, but <laughs> if I had to choose and I could only go one direction, I think I would go to the future. Um, Ooh, I just, yeah, I just am very curious about where and what everything, you know, where we, where we end up, uh, how things might be in, um, I mean, any, any, anywhere from 50 years from now to say anything beyond my expected lifetime, I guess I would, I would love to, to see that. Um, okay. Now yeah, I wonder, I wonder, a- I wonder if we make it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, okay. So you travel hunt, uh, you, you travel just a little bit and you, and you see everything's cool. Everything's okay. In the future, you're traveling in the future, you travel a little bit more and things are, you know, way different, you know, maybe, maybe kind of feeling like that. Uh, we've talked about this with, um, AI artificial intelligence with the monkey on the stairs know and we're standing on the stairs too and then and ai is is there in in some way and um you would it pretty soon in the future wouldn't you start feeling like the monkey yeah yeah i mean i think yeah i mean that right uh, you might end up being you know like like you you wind up being the the source of some experiments trying to figure out what we used to be way back when, or, I mean, I would just be so, so low on the sort of totem pole there of, uh, of intelligence. Um, or maybe I just end up as a, uh, a piece of meat for a flying butterfly, giant butterfly like creature or an enormous crab. Um, spoiler alert. So, so assuming, yeah. So assuming, you, you know, you, you see this and you detect, oh man, these people are, or these beings are way smarter than I am. And I don't want to end up on, on the dinner table or dissected as an experiment. And you push on, would you push on to see what's next? Or would you say, ah, I'm out of here. I'm going back home. It would be hard, I think, not to push on. I mean, I suppose it's like, a little bit of FOMO or, or yeah, there's a, there's a tendency there just kind of a little further, a little further. You can get some real trouble that way as, as our, the time traveler nearly did. Spoiler. Uh, And yeah, I think it'd be hard not to, not to want to go until that last ultimate moment. I mean, I think you'd be pretty lucky not to end up stuck somewhere. Uh, you know, annihilated. I mean, I, I don't know what, what happens when you arrive to a point when maybe the earth's not even there. Can you still get back? Can you, can you stop it? Yeah. Stop in reverse. 
yeah, <laughs> turn around, turn around. <laughs> Run yeah, away. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's, it seems to be a quick, quickly, quick activating, um, you know, quite the lever there in this machine that, uh, <laughs> you gotta love the levers. Yeah. <laughs> levers of power. Okay. Well, no, let's, let's not stop there. Okay. You, you've got us past the earth. You know, you, the earth is, has got a shelf life just like the sun. But what about the universe? Aren't you curious about the universe? Would you push on to see where that all goes? Well, why not if you could do it that quickly? I mean, it, it seems to move at what thousands of years a second in the end. Yeah. So, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, so you would I mean, in this, find in this, out. in this time machine where I could just zip back to exactly where I want to be without much trouble, sure. Oh, oh, it has a return button like a, uh, like a drone. No, back yeah, wait, am I in the DeLorean or am I in the time machine? I, I switched from the DeLorean to the time machine. DeLorean makes hey. me kind of nervous. I mean, there was a lot of, it required, uh, <laughs> you know, what was it, like plutonium or like, you know, you had to like hook up, uh, you know, drive into some, you know, so, so extension and drive into some uh, telephone wires at the moment they're struck with lightning. I mean, these, mm. these don't sound like easily repeatable uh you know experiments for me well they got stuck in the past right so how what you know yeah. what, what are you going to do to get back i think that is got to be every time travel travelers uh time travelers dilemma because you don't want to get stuck in the past or stuck in the future you you uh, well now wait a minute Maybe you do want to just go to the future and stay there or go to the past and stay there. If you went to the past, you sure would be smarter than most people and you could you could uh, lever leverage your your knowledge into certain wealth, I, I suppose. I mean, maybe I don't know if I would be smarter than most people back then. Um, I think if you were a, a, in the in a you know a scientist and in certain fields, Right, or you were a doctor or something to go back. Yeah, you know, I think that you would be way beyond most people, right, in your understanding. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, of course, I guess, I guess, you know, more than the average person, right? I mean, going back that far, I mean, even just being able to read and write would set you apart. But like, if it came to like surviving off the land in any possible way, I don't think I make it. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> What? I mean, you, you, well, you I mean, take I some just, seeds, you put it in the ground, you wait around. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of different things that they're doing then. I mean, obviously, I guess you could learn it quickly, but um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I just haven't done. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't I've got a, I got a tear in my sweatshirt. I don't know how to I don't know how to sew it up, you know, like. Uh, you know, there's there's a lack of basic. Uh, um, That's what YouTube you know, is late for. Late 19th century survival skills there that I, I don't think I quite have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And they could probably make it like new. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So. Hmm. Well. Uh, yeah, here we are. Um, 
uh, long, cold intro there. Uh, I'm here with a man who would never run out of matches nor forget to take his Kodak camera. Uh, a man who, like many scientific people, knows very well that time is only a kind of space. Uh, who I very much enjoy talking to across time and space, Eric. Oh, thanks, Chris. That that was awesome. Um, no, but I have to say, I, I totally run out of matches first day. <laughs> I I'd be lighting fires. I'd be you know trying to light up the dark, um, for sure. And my camera, if I can remember to take the lens cap off, I think I think I'd be okay. But can you imagine getting right there and taking all the pictures, coming back, <laughs> developing the film, and there's nothing there? That would have happened to me. <laughs> that would be the worst. Yeah. And then showing it to your buddies, you know, saying, uh, Yes. See? Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you have bought, oh brought back flowers or something? Give me a break. Yeah. 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 I. I thought uh, that H.G. Wells, uh, The Time Machine, which we're going to be talking about today, is just a lovely story. It um, is so well written. I just loved it. I I don't know that I loved it. I... (laughs) We're going straight to feelings about it. I, I enjoyed it. I, um, the second time I've read it, uh, it's fun. It's a short, I mean, it's a short read. It's really a novella and, um, and it's fun. I, I think, um, well, I should say I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know if I go so far as to say I, I love it, but oh, okay. Uh, it's a, it's a fun read. I, I think where, um, the, the, where it would stop short of love is just, it's, I, I, given what we know now and where we are in the world um, today, I it just it reads so much like fantasy to me uh, beyond the machine itself, like this futuristic depiction. Uh, while I think it makes sense for what was known at the time, um, mm-hmm. I I it it, it um, I guess I, I much I, I enjoy being in a futuristic world that's. A little more, even though it, it tends to be less, I guess, lovely um, in some ways, um, where the Eloy were, um, I I kind of prefer more of a, a uh, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess a, an extrapolation of our current world right today in all its messiness. Um, so let me get this straight. You would want to, uh, let me get this right. You would want to go in the future 800,000 years and, and want to buy a latte in a coffee shop? No, no. I just, I just wonder what <sighs> strange things people may be injecting themselves with other than lattes, uh, right? Or, um, you know, how we, are we, you know, part, uh, you know, if we ex- extrapolate from 
let's say our use of devices and ver- you know possible you know virtual reality or whatever what are people what do people even look like um and i i i just found it a little hard and maybe we should say where where he ends up and stuff to kind of to kind of um you know bring some uh context in here but i mean he ends up in a he, so he he ends up uh now i do want to rewind at some point and talk about the pre-departure because i thought that was pretty interesting oh my gosh that was the best part of the book yeah but he for me. he um he ends up in a, in a world that is um uh without any sort of much in the way of any kind of technology as far as we know it is um a, a it's it's on the, uh, there's two kind of, uh, well, we, and what, where, where, how many years in the future is he? He's like 800,000 uh, uh, plus 800,000 years in the future. Okay. I mean, that, yeah. that's a long time. Right. And at that point, and who knows, right. Maybe this is, maybe, maybe it's, it is, as he says, sort of after the fall of humanity. And in that way, maybe it makes sense. Right. But it's a place with, um, you know, um, kind of the ruins of what was, um, uh, society, and there's this group of people, um, I guess, uh, sort of what was, what were people or still a sort of, a sort of version of people, the Eloy that are, uh, um, kind of hairless, uh, four feet tall, um, kind of silly creatures that, uh, eat fruit and frolic all day and laugh and play and, procreate a, a lot. And, and, um, and then we've got this group of, of what was once people underground, the Morlocks that are, um, kind of blind and almost larva like yet hairy and kind of gray and, uh, you know, I guess apish Lemures, I think he refers to them as, and, um, and they're, um, spoiler alert, uh, there will be spoilers in life to sci-fi. They're, they're eating the Eloy. Right. But he ends up in this place where um, they've just gone so far away from any sort of technology or, or um, I, yeah, I just found, I found that a little too, and he, he called, you know, he, in the version I read of, it was a, like a 2005 uh, Penguin classic, it's got his, uh, Wells's own um, uh, for, forward to the, to the novel. And he said it was too crude the way that he depicted those two, um, groups as so kind of distinct and in that way. Um, Oh, he had that in the foreword. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and, hmm. I, and I, I guess I kind of felt like that myself. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I doubt we're all having lattes somewhere in the future, but, um, or not, not, milk-based lattes, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, um, I, I, I enjoyed it as, as a sort of fantasy novel. I think that's just, it just, and it, 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 it you know, maybe we could talk about like what this, this new sort of theme we're embarking on of time travel really had me thinking about questions of what is science fiction and, and, um, in some ways, um, I mean, this is definitely science fiction, right? But I would argue, but it has a, uh, agreed. Uh, it, 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 it reads like that part read like fantasy to me. Um, 
once we arrive at this futuristic. Okay. Well, let's let's. Uh, I I'd like that idea. Our theme for this season is of life, death, sci-fi is time travel. And uh, before this, we were uh, on Mars a lot. And right. what we did there, and I don't know if we're going to do the same thing here or not, but what we did there was we took the Martian uh, novels, the, the literature from the earliest to present day. And I'm struck by our conversation because it seems like it's very similar. Uh, it seems like it's very similar because we were talking about how the first Martian um, stories were well stuck in fantasy um, and had a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of science uh, with it. And I wonder, and you know, in the same kind of uh, time span too um late 1800s is when the martian um books started coming out and similar uh to these this story um that right. I, I find that interesting i'm not sure what to do yeah. with it but it's interesting yeah and uh, yeah i i agree and that that's kind of where i guess where i was what i was thinking about there where it reads this reads a little bit to me like the princess of mars or Ayelita, the decline of Mars, or, or um, you know, maybe even um, you know, Red Star, Engineer yeah. Mini, Out of the Silent Planet, like all those those stories, those early ones we read about Mars. Right, remind, reminds me of those. Um, I think that's kind of where where um, that that's part of why I was saying that. So I, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. I just it just um, it just it just felt a little more like. Um, well, like, I think I think what these these novels used to be called were like science romances or something, right? It was. I know. I saw that, uh, and I I thought it was cute, you know. Yeah. Um, and that and that makes sense because I think that's how you sell those things, and right. and then it I, the evolution of the genre um, turned into into something bigger. Well, and maybe maybe that is where, and a bit of a segue here is that um, unlike those stories, well, not all those, but unlike, say, a Princess of Mars, where we've got this, uh, you know, he he ends up through a cave, right, ending up on Mars. I mean, one of the distinctions for uh, Wells is that he was the the really the first one, one of, if not the first, to kind of. Um, uh, use something scientific, this this machine, as a, a means of 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 traveling in time, right? So we have and yes, yeah. and and he used his his uh, little dinner party uh, buddies, and I thought that was just a lovely way to to do his explaining about this this uh, new invention, and he started talking about. I don't think in it, it wasn't in name because it wasn't uh, thought of yet, but he was he was talking about the um, theory of relativity. Uh, he was right. talking about dimensions and 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 he was he was talking about gravity and he he had it all these pieces to 
there. Ten years before Einstein uh, laid out his uh, theory. How, how is this? How, how does this happen? People yeah, are he, thinking that. Yeah, and that, that same forward that I read, I mean, he talked about how he's pretty, I guess, sort of humble in a sense of just saying that, um, you know, these were ideas that were around at the time and people were discussing and sort of cafes and things like that. And he started this as a student. Um, and so he didn't, he didn't feel like, I mean, he didn't, he didn't really say like, I came up with this necessarily, but these were ideas that were being discussed. And his sort of invention was the, uh, the, the time machine itself, but not, not the idea of, um, you know, a kind of fourth dimension. Yes. But that led to the machine. I mean, he, I mean that if right. I didn't have that explanation in the, in, in the beginning of the book, uh, the time machine wouldn't have been as powerful. Uh, I mean, he, he, he set me up as, as a reader. He set it in my mind that, okay, how is this, how is this possible? Oh, it's possible with this, this machine over here that can do it. And then he did such a, uh, a wonderful job of taking us through a day. No, through an afternoon through a day, through a week, through months and months and years spinning by like, you know, oh, I, I, I would, I marked a couple uh, of those spots uh, to read, but um, they, they were beautiful. And here's a problem I had with, uh, I read the book, you know, and, and w thinking about the book. And then I thought, okay, there's, there are a couple movies about this. And so I got the earliest one with, um, oh, now I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, but they changed the book a lot. But they, they like that scene that I was, I, I was just uh, uh, mentioning about how the, the, um, the years spin by and things change. The movie, the first movie, um, there have been so many depictions of this, of this story. The first movie did a good job with that, but they had him stop several times. And then mm. they changed, they changed one of the, the, the uh, they added a theme to the story. The theme is the destruction of war. You know, watch out for atomic uh, bombs and World War One and how people died and and all of you know humanity is just you know just doing this to itself. And so I got I have to go farther to see if we we get out of this. And that's not the 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 um, story in the book I read. It's different, hmm. but it was close enough in several spots that reading the book, watching the movie, I have to be very careful about what I, you know, how I think about that because um, it's, uh, one is the movie, which is very different than the book. Easy to confuse. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, I, yeah, I probably came off I too, I don't know, critical the beginning there with just, um, you know, whether I, I, I like it or not, cause I, I, I did, but I, I, um, 
I do feel like it in that, I guess when you were talking about, say, if there's nuclear war or something that destroys humanity and there we are hundreds of thousands of years later, and this is where we've ended up with these two sort of races. You know, I think, I think maybe true, like, well, it's a little too crude and they're, they're how, you know, one's above ground, one's below ground and all that. But the idea that we might hundreds of thousands of years from now, if we had destroyed everything, we might end up um, as these um, sort of frolicking beings with very um, little sort of, um, I don't know, just kind of living off the fat, the fruit of the land and, and um, you know, uh, existing without um, everything that we have today. You know, maybe that's believable. Um, it, kind of, it kind of recalls a bit of uh, uh, Margaret Atwood's Orcs and Crake, right? I can't remember the name of those creatures, but there's that other, yes, right? Those yes. other creatures that are not quite human-like and they have kind of, you know, these lower IQs, but they're, um, well, yeah, I can't think of the name. Yeah, in order to create the human that is going to survive in his world, that you know he destroyed except for these these creatures um yeah he had to change some things yeah very yeah i got yeah, it yeah for me, well it's for me, hey, thought, dystopian yeah. you should have loved that part of the story you're a dystopian yeah guy. yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah I, I yeah i guess it's it's dystopian right i mean satirizing kind of this idea of a utopia um yeah definitely uh it was the a time period when this was written where people were uh talking about utopias um all of you know it, those martian books were talking about utopias and you know how to get there what what to do and socialism and political ideas are just you know very uh prominent in the in the stories in the in the readings around the stories at, at this time i, I kind of surprising um when yeah i read when that, I, yeah. oh good okay i was gonna say add, add, add in there I, I read that uh in the introduction to this this classes warner wrote that it, the the ideas in this grew out of two powerful tendencies of the victorian of Victorian science, and one was the passion for machines, and the other was, uh, you know, questions of like survival or individualism versus collectivism. Um, it makes total sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when when I first read this story, then uh, uh, saw the movie years later. I mean, this is talking about in in my my past um i grew up in the time where we had um the duck and cover you know for a nuclear strike and so when when the the morlocks come out of the underground you know it totally made sense to me that you know a nuclear strike a nuclear war had happened these guys stayed underground and evolved into that and then something mm-hmm. stayed alive on on the top of the world and evolved in, into that. So that's that that's kind of the basis of what I thought about this story. But it's that's totally not true because uh, 
Um, nukes weren't invented yet, so that that isn't why the Morlocks were underground. I, I did a, a little bit of my research is that H.G. Wells, you know, he spent a lot of time in, in working in basements and, and then there were, you know, tunnels where around where he lived. So there were lots and lots of people under the ground. And so, you know, you, that probably was where he got that idea, not from Yeah, I also read that nukes. he, yeah, so he grew up poor and so he could relate to mm. sort of that real working class. And then, um, yeah, I guess an earlier version or drafts, um, this is also from the introduction, had he had the subterranean laborers, uh, laborers rising against their upper world oppressors. Okay. Um, and then he decided not to go that direction, I guess. Yeah, that's, I Quite honestly opposite, like, really, in the end. I, I honestly like the cannibalism that he put in there. I don't like cannibalism, but I, I thought, and the way that he gave you, uh, he gave us clues around the way. Here's one. Uh, As I stood there in the gathering dark, I thought that this simple explanation, I had mastered the problem of, the wor- of this world, mastered the whole secret of these delicious people. And that, but he's not, he's not anywhere near the cannibalism part yet. Um, Delicious people. That's funny. But he was, yeah, he's just, he's just uh, explaining it. And then in the matter of, uh, uh, wait a minute, uh, I could see no signs of crematoria or anything suggestive, suggestive of tombs. But it, it occurred to me. Possibly, there might be cemeteries or crematoria somewhere beyond the range of my explorings. That's another mm. clue, you know, as we're reading along. He doesn't just give it to us. And um, persuading myself that the thing I had seen was human but gradually the truth dawned on me that man had not remained one species, but had differentiated into two distinct animals, that my graceful children of the upper world were not the sole descent, descendants of our generation, but that this bleached, obscene, nocturnal thing which had flashed before me was also heir to the ages. So... You know, by the time, by the time he says, um, for the first time with a sudden shiver came the clear knowledge of what the meat I had seen might be. Yet it was too horrible. I looked at little Weena sleeping beside me, her face white and starlike. So, yeah. I think he, only said, when he when he when he comes back, all he wants is some meat. <laughs> yes, yes, well, that's interesting. He says, "Yeah, when he first gets back, he says, uh, where's my mutton?' Yeah, he give said, me some meat. I ha- I'm starving. Yeah, what a treat it is to stick a fork into meat again." And the editor sitting around the room is like, "Story," and he's like, "Story, be damned." 
said the time traveler. I want something to eat. I won't say a word till I get peptone into my arteries. Thanks. And the salt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. what that says. Yeah. I mean, it could be read as some sort of. Another clue. Uh, yeah. Well, just a, as a, or, or the whole book as a way to, um, you know, sort of, I don't know. Is it, is it uh, as, as a, are we meant to be sympathetic toward other animals, right? Not eat those. Is this uh, pro sort of vegan, you know, or, or vegetarian? Yeah. Uh, novel in some ways. I mean, it is strange. There's no other animals. No, maybe they went first. Eaten first. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happened around Beijing, right? Birds and animals, there weren't, you know, back in the day, in the revolution, people were starving. People were Mm. cold. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dark. Uh, dark (laughs) Hey, this is going to take us. Speaking of dark, I'll try to transition with that. Um, uh, or at least not too dark, but uh, let's say candle light uh, dark. Um, okay. What a cool kind of scene in the beginning, right? Where you talked about how he gathers his friends around. The time traveler invites them over. They're kind of, uh, you know, around this this table. And um, he, uh, I'm just looking at this part, maybe read. Yeah, the, um, it says the, the thing the time traveler held in his hand was a glittering metallic framework, scarcely larger than a small clock and very delicately made. There was ivory in it and some transparent crystalline substance. And now I must be explicit for this that follows, unless his explanation is to be accepted, is an absolutely unaccountable thing. He took one of the small octagonal tables that were scattered about the room and set it in front of the fire with two legs on the hearth rug on this table he placed the mechanism then he drew up a chair and sat down the only other object on the table was a small shaded lamp with bright the bright light of which fell fully full upon the model there were also perhaps a dozen candles about two in brass candlesticks upon the mantel and several in sconces so that the room was brilliantly illuminated. I sat in a low armchair nearest the fire and I drew this and I drew this forward so as to be almost between the time traveler and the fireplace. Philby sat behind him looking over his shoulder. The medical man and the provincial mayor watched him in the profile from the right, the psychologist from the left. The very young man stood behind the psychologist. We were all on alert. It appears incredible to me that any kind of trick, however subtly conceived or however adroitly done, could have been played upon us under these conditions. So he's got this other little mini time machine, right, that he brings out. And uh, it's all set up in a way. um, And I hadn't really thought about this until I was reading some of the, I just checked out a bunch of books and read through their like introductions and forwards and stuff. 
Uh, it was pretty interesting, but a number of them, they just talked about how, you know, he, uh, Wells sets this up in the style of a seance, right. Which was kind of a popular thing of the time. Yes, uh, it's true. Know, yeah. I thought that was such a, what a, what a cool idea to kind of, um, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's really subverting what would have been, you know, there's always this, he's writing in a time of like Edgar Allan Poe and Henry James and, you know, there's all this sort of supernatural, um, these supernatural vibes, right? Just a minute. Yeah. Just a minute. You said it. Edgar Allan Poe is, if, if you do research on, on him, um, people think he was a time traveler. Really? It's out there. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. What, what, yeah. Okay. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, um, why him? No, there were there were like three reasons, and I I can't remember the reasons right now. I'm uh, I um I failed in my my research notes on on that one. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I like the seance yeah, like- because uh, seances were popular during that time. Um, uh, Houdini had a, uh, a famous uh, was was famous for that kind of stuff. Well, when he guess- died, oh. yeah. When when guess- he died, he he uh, left a a will a message that said that in this room, in this place, at this time every year, I will try my very hardest to come back to Hmm. this world. And so for a long time, I think people, you know, gathered there. No, that's interesting. But seance kind of thing and that, that, uh, that the world's full of mystery. And I think... Maybe during I I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I'm just thinking this this out loud. But maybe during this time, we don't we we think we know it all. We we don't have any of that kind of mystery. Um, less of it as yeah. as much maybe as much. I don't know. Yeah, well, there's something romantic about that, right? Maybe that's part of the. <laughs> The interest to go back to a, a, a time when there was a feel a general feeling of more mystery or awe at things that we don't understand, and and possibly we could find ways to, you know, talk to people who have passed over. Um, maybe that's possible. Maybe we don't know. Can you hear? Can you hear my daughter in the tub? No. Oh, she's blo- she's blowing into the water or something. It sounds kind of it kind of sounds like uh, uh, Gizmo from Gremlins when he's sort of crying. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, that Houdini thing's interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love the seance. And the other thing, he leaves those flowers, right? And I guess, you know, it said in the footnotes uh, of the, the edition I was reading that um, I, I didn't realize that was a thing, but there were often these seances, they would um, sort of apport 
something like often flowers that were supposedly from uh, another place, right? And so they would appear in the room um, as oh. evidence, you know, that somebody had passed, um, that something from from elsewhere had arrived, you know, in that moment. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Wonder if uh, old HG was uh, a seance goer. It also rem- reminded me of um, "It's a Wonderful Life," right? Zuzu's petals. Um, you've seen it? "It's a Wonderful Life" movie, Christmas movie. Yeah, but he, petals. He ends, yeah, he. Um, you know, so he. Um, uh, Bailey's his name, right? The main character. Yeah. Um, he. Um, it's sort of a time travel story in its own way, right? Where he. Yeah, for he sure. Tries Spoiler alert, everybody. I mean, that's still out there. I don't know any spoiler alert for It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, but he he attempts suicide and this angel rescues him and allows him a glimpse into his, his uh, well, what the world would be like without him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, which predates uh, uh, Wells here anyway. And, and so he, when he comes back, um, he's, uh, you know, when he, when he, when he goes into the, this, this world without him, he doesn't have his daughter's little petals, right? She wanted to keep these petals safe. And so she didn't wear her jacket or something to keep those safe. And she ends up with a cold and he gets in, he, when he runs off from the house, he's all upset and he has Zuzu, his daughter's petals in his pocket. Okay. And they're gone. But when he comes back in the future, he's, he's like, uh, you know, he's in tears, but he's so happy that he's got these flowers in his pocket again. Cause it shows that he's, Oh boy. His, yeah, it's been a while since I've oh. seen that. I've seen it many times, but I, I never caught that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I probably yeah. have seen that too many, <laughs> too many times. <laughs> like a, yeah. 20 times now. Um, oh, 20 yeah, times. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was kind of a uh, yeah, yearly, you know, an annual uh yeah, annual watch really. I don't think I saw it this year, but most most years, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um well, well how about uh, Yeah, anything else about world building or um kind of the setting anyway? The talk quite a bit about I guess the future setting in many ways. We didn't really talk about the the Morlocks, that underground world. I must be. I must have been mixing this up for, with a movie or something because I've read this before. And it's I seem so remember. easy to do. Oh well, I haven't seen the movie in ages. I, I must have I, seen I, the newer one. I don't think I've seen the old one. When when I read it again, fresh this this time for for uh, Life Death Sci Fi, I still was pulling out the movie from the story I was reading, because as a reader, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I, I know where I am now. I've read this before, but this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Where, where, you know, he, he was supposed to stop several times before he, he met the um, Eloy and, and Morlocks, but it, it didn't happen. And I thought, yeah, oh. The, in the hmm. movie, does he, or movies, whichever one, does he spend more time with the Morlocks? Um, no, no. Okay. Uh, yeah. In my head, he's, he was, he was like trapped under there and like actually captured and had to escape somehow. I must've just made that up. No, I, 
didn't watch all of the remakes of The Time Machine. I think that may have happened in the most recent one. Okay, um, maybe that's what I'm that, thinking of. That there's more of a dialogue. There was there was no dialogue between the time traveler and the Morlocks. He was always, you know, just trying to get his time machine and, you know, get the heck out. Right, um, right. Did you, uh, and you said you watched... Um, you watched yes. the, you went back and watched the older one recently yes yes and now hang on um, yeah it'd be kind of kind of fun to do a um, a little separate uh pod or something based on those film versions and kind of compare them or something yeah mix it mix it all up in the in the time machine um and how it it has evolved, but the 1960 first movie version was uh, in the starring role of the time travel was uh, Rod Taylor. He's this, you know, and he kind of stayed in the genre. And uh, didn't he do um, some of the? Oh, what was the popular uh, like Twilight Zone or something? Yeah, the Twilight Zone, exactly. Oh, right. I think okay. he hosted the Twilight Zone for a while. Rod Serling, Rod Taylor. Rod Serling was the creator. Rod Serling was the creator. Was the creator, yeah, but but well, I don't know. The, we'll have to the, see the host. Okay, yeah, I'd. I'd uh... Yeah, I'd like to go back and watch those. Uh, I meant to do it before we chatted, but um, you know, your focus tends to be the book anyway. I guess just kind of fun to do yeah. that. Yeah, and 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 really, um, even with the first one movie, we've you know, I I, I didn't like the combo unless we're going to talk about both the movie and the story. Um, it's hard to extract in, in you know the the movie version from, from the book. I don't know why. Um, but if I'm going to talk about the book, I don't want the movie slipping in there and, and messing me up. Right. Um, right. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just looking for, No, I made that up in my mind. Rod Taylor. I must have been thinking about Rod Serling. But, yeah. Yeah, it crossed my mind, too. Um, well, um, hang yeah, on. Let's see here. Yeah. Hang on. I, I want to I, I go back. Uh, and since we're talk, talking about the time machine, it's easy to you know go back here a little bit in the time of our podcast. And I want to talk about the um, this little science bit that that he put in here, and I really love the way it was um, was presented. Phil, so this Phil is the, this is the time traveler talking to his uh, guests. Yes, yes. Okay. The first time, the first time, Philby became pensive. Clearly, the time traveler proceeded. Any real body must have ex extension in four directions. It must have length, breadth, thickness, and duration. But through a natural in 
infirmity of the flesh, which I will explain to you in a moment, we incline to overlook this fact. There are really four dimensions, three which we call the three planes of space, and the fourth, time. There is, however, a tendency to draw an unreal distinction between the former three dimensions and the latter, because it happens that our consciousness moves intermittently in one direction along the latter from the beginning to the end of our lives. So he's giving us kind of some scientific explain here and and making it so that you know it's it's not clear it's 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 not you know based in formulas um mathematical formulas but it seems a little possible and and i like that i i, I like that ex- explanation i think it you know it for me it puts this book firmly in the science fiction uh category hmm yeah, yeah, I, I, okay, and not the, okay, yeah, it's 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 an extrapolation of science of the time. Right. Yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, I just, but, I, but it, those my, ideas, my, those ideas are are like you said earlier, floating around, and he's pulling them together to say, okay. This, you know, this could be a possible explanation for, for time travel. Um, and, you know, it's, it's better than a ton of time travel stories that have happened since. Oh, there's, there's this special door in the cellar, you know, or this, this special door in the back of the, of the um, diner uh, that takes you back to 1962. I mean, that's a Stephen King book. Not scientific. Okay. So you're kind of getting into, yeah, a little bit of what we talked about last time, which is um, as, as we're going through this theme, this subgenre of time travel, but it's a, it's a subgenre of science fiction, right? And so time travel as uh, a a subgenre itself could be beyond science fiction, right? So it could be in fantasy or something. Yes. So we need to draw, we need yeah, we need to draw some lines here. And, and I guess it's our podcast and we can do what we want. <laughs> um, boundaries, man, boundaries. Yeah. But um, yeah, can we come to some sort of agreement on those? I mean, I think we sort of did last time, I think, where we're saying uh, we were talking about Octavia E. Butler's uh, Kindred. Yeah. And I picked up a copy and we were eager to read it. And, and then it was like, well, hold on a second. You know, she says it's not sci-fi. Other people still lump it in with sci-fi. And so are we defining it as sci-fi? And it sounds like, I think last time we were saying, it sounds like you're saying right now, a, in order for it to be um, time travel within the science fiction, the genre of science fiction, um, it needs to have some sort of say device slash science-based um cause of the time travel is that yes is that where, yes and 
Okay. Yes, and and it it could be an accident, you know, it could be an accident in the lab. I mean, you know, where where did we get Velcro from? Uh, those kinds of uh, things in the science world, we we don't have to um, we don't have to believe it. We it doesn't have to be based in in fact as a as a story. I mean, H, for example, H.G. Wells didn't have the facts to support what I just read about the dimensions. He didn't have any formulas. But still, it's, you know, it's, it's wanting to be science. It's, you know, it's, it's in that realm. So Does that if, make sense? If, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, was, I, was, I shared, I think we exchanged some texts that podcast that I stumbled across. I was looking at Bradbury stuff, and then I ended up looking at this Bradbury series and then the same uh, podcast, or I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He and another guy have this science fiction 101 podcast. Right. Yeah. Wait. Wait. And wait. Wait. I actually side note here. I, I really uh, found it interesting. Their podcast interesting uh, as compared to our podcast, what parts and pieces, you know, how, how they set it up and, and all of that. I thought I, I found that uh, pretty interesting, um, but we should give them a shout out here. Cause we just. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to, I'll put in the uh, reference in the show notes, but I can't remember. Um, so I can't think of their name. I don't think they say their names. Often. Yes, they do. And I'm trying to find it and it's very frustrating right now. Oh, uh, it looks um, like Phil Nichols. Phil Nichols is the the one who also did the Bradbury series, which I thought was pretty well researched. And as a big Bradbury fan, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, oh. And then I'm not what sure was one of, he's... What, what was one of the takeaways that you that you uh, um, got oh, from just, his Bradbury one? Um, oh, there's, there's so many. I, I, I mean, I guess he, he, he um, for example, he, he, did a whole, he did a whole episode about um, how there was almost a sequel to the Martian Chronicles and someone else had tried to kind of uh, put together a, a series of the ones that were left out from Martian Chronicles, which was kind of interesting, that discussion, like, you know, why some were kind of, you know, how they, they kind of fit them together to create that novel and why some were left out. Um, and some of the ones that were left out, I think had, you know, I don't know, he kind of, they kind of end up leaving out anything that was sort of religious. Right. And he had a few others that had some, you know, kind of delved into that a little bit um, or that there was um I think another one that was based on, um, oh shoot, like I don't know if it was another 
uh, Edgar Allan Poe story or something, but he just kind of got into like how they almost made this other, other, um, Martian Chronicles two basically, and then didn't, didn't decided not to do it. Or, um, he had, a an episode where he, another episode where he talked about, um, some, uh, anthologies that Bradbury thought about putting together. And so they had like kind of these, li- they found, I mean, this, I think this was posthumously found some lists of possible, um, short story collections that Bradbury was thinking about. Um, just, just wow. title lists and stuff. And so, yeah, it really kind of gets into the, the details. Wow. Um, well, the science fiction one-on-one just says Phil, um, yeah, just one guy, Nichols, but, but, but he's got, he's, he's got somebody else with him all the time. I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, it's Phil and Colin later. I don't know Colin's last name. Phil and but, Colin. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, yeah, I just want to give them kind of credit, even, even though I've, I've, you know, they've pulled these quotes from other, other well, places, but they're on my mind because. Hang on. Oh, go ahead. So, so yeah. we can, we can cut this out, you know, cut this. Yeah. I'm going to cut this up. Um, so let's give them a proper shout out. Um, from uh from the podcast uh what is it 101 science fiction 101 okay colin and phil yeah it's right here in the in the little logo colin and phil all right um all right so yeah um so you were this is this is for our 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 cut um so you were listening to you wait a minute let me start again uh you shared the podcast uh science fiction 101 uh and uh colin and phil were talking about a lot of science fiction and one of one of the things they were talking about was time travel yeah, well, they they well, I was thinking more of science fiction itself. I think they do have a couple of episodes on time travel. Their first episode together on this science fiction one on one podcast, they they kind of say, well, let's take a second and talk about definitions of sci fi. And ultimately, I mean, I guess I'll talk about a few here as they kind of relate to our conversation because we were, uh, let's see, we were just talking about, um, uh, uh, well, we were talking about like whether, um, so time travel, uh, what is it? What is it? Science fiction, time travel. And one of the, and you were, and one of the definitions you were, you were, you started to kind of talk about how maybe it's, um, where something like a single thing is sort of changed or something's happened. Right. That, um, is usually be science related. That's, um, starts them on this time travel kind of journey. And it reminded me of this podcast and, and some of their definitions because they they had, it, they had quoted Bradbury, Ray Bradbury, who says that science fiction is about the possible, which I think is what we're talking about. Science fiction is about yeah. the possible, whereas fantasy is about the impossible. Oh, I like that. Right. So we could say to go back to Octavia E. Butler's Kindred, and this isn't much of a spoiler, but she, she, I think it's on the back of the book, really, that she, uh, this character is having these episodes where 
she suddenly is transported. She kind of like almost like a seizure or something like uh, or passes out. And then she's transported back in time into the body of one of her ancestors. Like cool idea, right? Really cool premise. Yeah, into, I love the idea. Yeah, kind of slave era. Uh, a number of periods, I think, from one other. I think it's. I think it's one other character's lifetime, and but um, we would say that's impossible, right? This this delves into the supernatural or something like that, right? There's no yeah. there's no kind of scientific possibility for this to happen, or could there? There be? have been <laughs> there there have been or there. Sorry, there are time travel stories out there that uh, come from the premise of someone in a coma and no, just like time travel, nobody knows, you know, if it's possible or what would happen. Nobody really knows what happens while you're in a coma. I don't think people wake up and say, Oh, you know, I remember everything. Hmm. Makes me think of like a idea for a story where, Maybe, maybe sometime in the future, um, scientists will be able to uh, go through travel in time through our genes that they can read so deep into them that they can uh, read into all the lived experiences and, and traumas of the past. And you could actually transport yourself back to that moment and maybe fixing it and thus fixing all of the traumas you're... <laughs> everybody who, who follows you would experience, right? If, if we think that it sounds like it, like some, some of the people still experience trauma today that goes back generations or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I, I've, I have been fascinated with time travel for a long time, just as much as I've been time, um, fascinated with uh, past lives. Hmm. I think that's kind of what you're talking about, tracing your past lives through your genetic code. Right, that, right. Yeah, be a cool. little, yeah. It, yeah, is that time travel? Could be. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that's a, a really good idea for some kind of a, a story there. Yeah, somebody somebody should write that. Uh, other other definitions that kind of relate to this idea that they mentioned, one was uh, Richard Matheson, the guy who wrote I Am Legend. I guess he wrote a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes as well. Um, he, he says that science fiction is about changing kind of one thing, right? Uh, which is interesting. Kim Stanley Robinson, again, from, from this uh, Science Fiction 101, uh, says that sci-fi is historical fiction. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. And, and of course, you know, we've read his, a couple of his books. Um, but I, I think the idea that it has to be somewhat believable or realistic, right? Because when, when we, we mm -hmm. said, when we read, read Mars, it felt like, kind of felt like we'd experienced the colonization of Mars in some way, right? It reads like yes. reality. Yes. I, um, I really liked that, that story. It was epic. Yeah. Epic story. And then Phil Collins, is that, was that, was that his name? 
not Phil Collins. I'm, I'm, I'm complaining <laughs> to, 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 to talk about the musician, Phil and Colin, but what was Phil Nichols, the host? Uh, he, the, the last one they kind of got into was, um, I guess there's a sort of academic definition of, of science fiction that essentially is about, and I like this, this turn of phrase, uh, cognitive estrangement, right? That there's something, um, uh, you know, it forces you to um, almost experience uh, your what you think you understand um, as a, almost a stranger to what you, the normal world, right? That something happens, so you become almost sort of a stranger to it. And that there's a term that you like this novum uh, was the thing that was different about that world compared with our own. So I guess the novum in, in the time machine would be this machine, right? That can transport you from one place to another um, okay I you know I, I I like all of that and probably the reason why I read science fiction is for that in estrangement uh, that that you know makes me think in different ways hmm yeah that's the the overall they, they talk about this and I think we have before it's the the what if type qualities right? Um, I think that the other word I, I, I started reading, like, um, I, da- I downloaded like a cliff notes thing on sci-fi just for kicks. And it's actually, it was pretty interesting. Um, but it, it, the word, and I've used it a few times today, I think because of it was this word extrapolation, right? That in some way science fiction ex- extrapolates, you know, just takes some idea from today and just takes it as far as you can, it can. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that that word extrapolation. Like, there's got to be some sort of extrapolation happening uh, in order for it to be sci-fi, which is different yeah. than say fantasy. Right? Fantasy is not really about extrapolation. It, it, uh, I think fantasy does whatever it wants to, you know, with it. If if you if you can't have something over here, then you can make up the whole you know, the whole setting and scene and give any reason you want for it, which is some fantasy uh, writers are so good at that. Um, Mm. And, and I enjoy fantasy too, for sure. Yeah, I do too. I don't read a lot of it, but I I always enjoy it when I do. I don't don't know why. Um, Yeah. I read that more when I was younger, but every once in a while I pick up something, I always enjoy it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, did you come up with a list of favorite science fiction devices? Okay. Well, the the time machine and the time machine model are, you know, devices for sure. Um, but past that, what what did you no? What did you come up with? Yeah, I couldn't do. I couldn't get. I couldn't get to a top three. I, I tried yeah. to make a number two with um, like fire. The crowbar. <laughs> yeah. The crowbar. Um, yeah. I mean, it's well, fire kind of interesting symbol in the story, but not really sci-fi, obviously it's a no. tool. It's kind of de-evolution dystopian kind of like crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, it, I didn't, yeah, this is one story that I didn't really uh, read for all of, for all of the devices, but if, 
the one main device wasn't there, then this would be, you know, what would be the title? So it has to be the right. time machine. And I love the time machine that, you know, the description of it was just right for me. Yeah, I've got a little passage here of, um, uh, and this, yeah, uh, it's, it's just on page three. Uh, he says, I, yeah, I kind of, kind of, yeah, some, there's some good writing here, I think. He says, I suppose a suicide who holds a pistol to his head feels much the same wonder at what will come next as I felt then. I took the starting lever in one hand and the stopping one in the other, pressed the first and almost immediately the second. I seemed to reel. I felt a nightmare sensation of falling and looking around, I saw the laboratory exactly as before. Had anything happened? For a moment, I suspected that my intellect had tricked me. Then I noted the clock. A moment before, as it seemed, it had stood a minute or so past 10. Now it was nearly half past three. And he said, goes on to say, I'm afraid I cannot convey the peculiar sensations of time traveling. They are excessively unpleasant. There is a feeling exactly like that one has upon a switchback of a helpless headlong motion. I felt the same horrible anticipation too of an imminent smash. As I put on pace, night followed day like the flapping of a black wing. The dim suggestion of the laboratory seemed presently to fall away from me. And I saw the sun hopping swiftly across the sky, leaping at every minute and every minute marking a day. I supposed the laboratory had been destroyed and I had come into the open air. I had a dim impression of scaffolding, but I was already going too fast to be conscious of any moving things. The slowest snail that ever crawled dashed by too fast for me. The twinkling succession of darkness and light was excessively painful to the eye. Then in the intermittent darkness, I saw the moon spinning swiftly through her quarters from new to full and had a faint glimpse of the circling stars. Presently, as I went on, still gaining velocity, the palpitation of night and day merged into one continuous grayness. The sky took on a wonderful deepness of blue, a splendid luminous color like that of early twilight, the jerking sun becoming a streak of fire, a brilliant arch in space, the moon a fainter fluctuation band, and I could see nothing of the stars save now and then a brighter circle flickering in the blue. Well, that was pretty cool. Love it. You know, for someone who starts, yeah, I can't convey it. I thought that was pretty cool. Like a really great uh, mental image there, right? Of, of oh, oh my gosh, spinning around him. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite passages, and one of the reasons why I love this story. <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah, he's critical of himself. He says he didn't feel like it was very well written in that foreword um, from just a few years later. But uh, I, yeah, I think for especially for I mean, it's his first novel, right? I think it's quite, quite great. I, I, when I saw that it was his first novel, I went, "What? How? How can that be?" Of course, of course, he you know wrote lots and lots and lots before the first novel. But yeah, that's amazing to be so prescient and you know such a a super classic everybody knows this story everybody knows this book yeah it really has uh it's timeless yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it uses some of the, many of the same themes that time travel stories uh, have today. Uh, in, in what I'm trying to say is I, I think the time machine has been uh, rewritten in so many different forms, uh, in so many different stories. And one of the things that I, I find when I, when I read time travel stories is that it's very, very tempting to go into the future and then go a little farther and a little farther and a little farther to see how it all plays. It's like skipping to the end of the story, isn't it? Um, how, how is this going to play out? And then how is the universe going to play out? Skipping to the end of the story. Um, I, I don't know if I was a time traveler, would I want to do that? Would I want to go to the end of time? Hmm. And what is at the end of time anyway? Well, that's why I'd want to go. Yeah. Curiosity. Is it just curiosity? Yeah. yeah. Well, at least H.G. Uh, Wells gave us the end of the, almost the end of the, uh, of the earth. What, you know, our time here on earth. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't, you know, pretty or, or wonderful. It was dark and ugly. Is that, is that what's going to meet us at the, at the end of time? Or will we be able to beat that out by jumping in our starships and moving to some other, other place? Hmm. Yeah. At, at the time of his writing of this, that wasn't a possibility, but since then it's, you know, it's a theme. Yeah, we had to leave because our son was was uh, it's starting to go. So that's the end of Earth. You know that kind of thing. Meet people who are who are doing that. If you're in a time machine, you would you would meet them, and they'd say, "Hey, we we gotta go. We're going hmm. to this star star system." There, yeah. I so yes, grandfather of. Uh, science fiction you know get him get him together with um oh i'm blanking on her name frankenstein uh shelley oh, mary, uh, mary shelley yeah yeah somebody did they ever talk or were they in the same time i don't know uh i don't i think when did uh mary shelley Similar. Hey Gotta Siri, when did when did Mary Shelley uh, write Frankenstein? Here's what I found. 1816. Well oh, before. Wow. Long before. Yeah. So they wouldn't know each other. Um, some some called him the uh, a few few nicknames. I think I I came across one was uh well i guess his family called him birdie which is funny. yeah birdie i love that <laughs> uh he was the they call him the first futurist and uh the godfather of cyberpunk 
Oh, really? I didn't see that. I love that. Yeah, he absolutely would be. Yeah. Or and, OG and I or love cyberpunk stuff. I, I love it. Yeah, we'll have to do a cyberpunk. I keep saying this keeps coming up, and I've, I just haven't read much in the way of cyberpunk. Um, maybe that'll have to be a theme at some point. Oh, totally. That'd be fun. Uh, put, put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, C- cyberpunk what? coming to you soon from Life, Death, Sci-Fi. Yeah. Well, where do you where do you think um, this is? This is one his his kind of version of where we might be going. Where do you where do you think we might end up in in a uh, hundred few hundred thousand years? Okay. Let's now remember. Now remember my choice at the beginning of the show. Yeah. I was going backwards. I wasn't going frontwards. Um, no, I'm. I I I, th- I think I think I hesitate. Uh, because of our um, monkey analogy, because uh, I, I, I think I would be, I think I would be a monkey on the steps, and and I'd I'd land my time machine in this uh, place where I couldn't speak the language, I I I couldn't understand the things that were happening around me, much much like. Uh, a time traveler who who uh, ca- came to the future um, in the same time as our story, you know, in the late 1800s, came to the uh, the 21st century. That would be a lot. Hello. Hey, Charlie. Hey. Are you all clean now? Yeah. Did Did you wash your hair? Is it hard to wash? You have You have a lot of hair. Hey, Charlie. It doesn't take me any time to wash my hair. I think she. Museum. It's kind of pixelated on our end, though. I don't think. She oh, it. okay. Okay. It's like you look like you look like you're in a Minecraft game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now you, now you gotta go. See you later. Sure. Yes. We're almost done. Okay. Close the door behind you, please. Oh. Found some uh, Valentine's candy. Wow. What? You hide it around until Easter. All right, all right. So you asked me. All right, close the door, please. So you asked me as a time traveler. No, 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 know, no. Just you, you. Not as a time traveler. Like where, where? How do you? But I think you kind of answered that, I guess, by your earlier answer. I just thought. I mean, do you when you visualize the future? Do you think it's? Uh, could it be anything like Wells's future, or do you think it's it's uh, it's it's more like I don't know the Matrix or something, or what's the comparison? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, um, and uh, though 
you know, thinking about my previous answer, you know, I'm not afraid to be a monkey on the steps, you know, looking around at stuff I don't understand. Um, hopefully I can just jump back in my, you know, time machine and, you know, move on or move back. Uh, uh, but, um, in, in, in the future, you know, you, I think we're talking about the far future, not the near future. And, and that kind of, for me, that kind of changes day by day, you know, and, and, by the news I watch, you know, hypersonic missiles hitting Ukraine from Russia, uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia making uh, a pact, um, the uh, uh, MAGA crowd going crazy in Congress. Uh, you know, sometimes I think, yeah, it would be more like the H.G. Uh, Wells version in the far, far future. You know, we're just hmm. we're just stupid. We, w- we won't be there. You know, we're going to destroy ourselves if something doesn't happen and and then and and then i go from there i i I can only hope that um the uh some of the themes of star trek will will uh come and uh take us away from that that uh, possible solution to our to humanity um when, when we, according to the Star Trek legend, when we develop a, a hyperdrive or you know the the um, warp drive, then other other uh, species from the universe will will come and greet us and say, "Hey, you know, I see that you're." You've invented a hyperdrive and you're going to be now, you're going to be traveling in our space. You know, here's, here are the rules. Here's what, you know, the universe expects of you, that kind of thing. And, and, and I would hope that those species would come and say, now, in order for you to use the warp drive, you have to have world peace. You know, Hmm. is there such a thing for humans as world peace? That reminds me of a, I started listening to a, a couple of podcasts. Well, maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe this is good cocktail chatter. Uh, okay. I think we, yeah. we're kind of in the cocktail, Yeah, you know? Well, let me, let me ask you this. When, um, uh, when it's the life, death, sci-fi cocktail party post podcast, yeah, <laughs> When it's eight eight hundred, where were we at? Eight hundred thousand, seven hundred. Ooh, yeah, kind of cold yeah. though. Yeah, you uh, got to build a fire. Well, it seemed like they were fairly warm. Well, when you're sitting in your time traveler patented chair in the late afternoon light, under the shadow of the white sphinx, sipping your fruit cocktail. Okay, there uh, we are. Uh, hopefully, chatting to somebody other than an Eloy. Uh, what will you be chatting about? Um, and I thought of this because you were, you were at, you were talking about, um, you know, if somebody offers technology. So I, I, I'd say, I, I think I'd be chatting about, um, could talk about this, uh, podcast I came across, um, that I'm, that I'm enjoying called titled, uh, gun dog. And it was, it's 
created by, I've only listened to a couple of episodes, but it's created by, I think some of the same guys that did um, one of the Star Wars series, uh, some of the same writers. And uh, the premise is kind of like what you talked about. It's like aliens have arrived and they have um, offered humanity um, technology kind of way beyond their wildest dreams that could, uh, you know, solve all of our problems basically. And these uh, aliens don't seem um, to have any weapons of their own. And so uh, the governments get together and decide, well, we don't need to, you know, sort of make any kind of deal with them um, because they wanted to use, I think, some of the Earth's resources or something, you know, because they're coming from a different planet. And they're offering all this, but they need some, you know, they needed some of the um, some of the things that Earth has to offer. And so, of course, rather than they seem like they didn't have any weapons, so rather than uh, make the deal, they just take the technology. And it turns out these aliens have, uh, you know, immense power and totally enslave and begin to annihilate, you know, everyone on Earth. So it's kind of this, this um, that's, you know, they, they, she explains that in the opening kind of uh, monologue. And then we're at some sort of, uh, seems like an internment camp of some kind. And the story's kind of starting off from there. Yeah. 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 That, what a mistake. And we've made mistakes. Yeah. One of the words that I loved that HG Wells um, used in this is this word. And I, um, sorry. Frugivorous. Okay. Frugivorous. And, it means fruit eaters. So here we are at the cocktail parter. Uh, here we are at the cocktail party, being frugivorous, eating fruit. Yes, that's what you oh, said. Frugivorous cocktail. Yeah, yeah frugivorous cocktails. Yeah, there, there we are. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. Frugitini. Frugitini. <laughs> Ooh, you have just invented something right here on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I had something I wanted to add to to uh, this this cocktail party, and now now the frugivorous the frugivorousness has uh, taken it away. Well, we. We were talking about technology. Hmm. Yeah. Should have written it down. I could always get chat GPT to like uh, oh. whip something up, right? Yeah. Have you used that at all? I, you know, I haven't used it. No. Um, I, 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 did, I did sign up for it. I did use it a little bit. Um, and I can see if you were going to really get into the, uh, art of it, you could, you could make amazing things. Uh, and the, the, the literary part of it is, is impressive and interesting. Oh, I know what I, I know what I, I was going to say. All right. 
Did you, did you look up, I, I know you did uh, great research on H.G. Wells and, and the Time Traveler. Uh, as, as I was doing the same thing, I got lost in, in, in the um, web of real-time travelers. Have, mm. have, you, have you heard of this, seen this? There mm. are pictures, there are pictures that show people who are, you know, who are uh, achronistic. Achronistic? Is that okay. how you would say it? Yeah. Like uh, there is a, a drawing on an Egyptian tomb of this uh, woman looking at her cell phone or what looks like a cell phone. There's a guy in a crowd who, has, who, is, who is dressed in kind of modern clothes and has a camera that, you know, shouldn't be in that time. And there's a picture of that. So there, there's, there's this evidence that you can see that, you know, just poke you and say, oh, that maybe time travel does exist. Maybe it is already happening. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You'll have to share that. I'll look into that. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, Yeah, I can, I, I can send that, uh, send that to you. The picture thing is pretty interesting, but, and that's, that's where I got the, uh, idea of, uh, oh yeah, but what's his nickname? What do you call him? Well, all kinds of things, but, uh, Balthazar is his name or the czar. Yeah, but czar, when he's out in the yard, you don't say Balthazar, come home, come in. Hey, Zari. Uh, sometimes. Usually it's, um, uh, I probably call him Buddy more than anything else. He kind of responds oh, yeah. to that. But I kind of call all dogs like little little Buddy. What's up, little Buddy? Big boy. That's mine. We just, this He's morning. For some major uh, dental oh, yeah. surgery on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Monday, we did that Monday, and Monday. they took 12 teeth that were wiggly. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. He still has a bunch, but that was a lot. And and then our little uh, puppy uh, had, uh, we got her spayed. And today actually was the time when we got her stitches out. Oh, really? Today was, oh, two, two. Yeah. Oh, a beauty. Uh, not, not, not ours. Yeah. Her friend's dog here. So pretty. Oh, are they friends? They got to be friends. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't want to play. We call both these guys. I don't know why you're in here. You guys need to go outside. Oh. Well, maybe there's a dog door there. There you go. All right. Oh, maybe maybe uh, it's kind of through Charlie's room there, so could be a. She might have shut her door. Yeah, there's a dog oh. door leading out of her. Oh, um, and they got to go out. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's a little weird for both to visit at once. Yeah. <laughs> so you, okay, so st- stitches came out. Stitches came out. Yeah. So we're we're good with that. But but um, I don't know. Getting back to the podcast, I don't know if I believe. You know, the photographic evidence, photographs can be doctored. These photographs have been around for a long time. I remember seeing them years ago and thinking, huh, 
that's an interesting idea. And even, even still from those photographs, I think, uh, some stories have been developed like um, there is there is one I don't know if it's a it's got to be a book as well but there's a movie on time travel tourism kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of the show but this is time travel tourism for disasters so you could go you know you could buy your time travel ticket to go see the Hindenburg explode or you could go, you know, uh, see some other horrible tragedy. You know, and, hmm, and then the story yeah. is when people get mixed up and and things happen that aren't supposed to happen. A lot like uh, Brad Berry's, what's yeah, the name of it? Uh, of, um, oh, what is the name of that? Um, it's not the butterfly effect, but it's. Similar. Yeah, it's got the butterfly in there. Charlie, let me do this. I said yes. Go. Can you close the door? You can have that. Make that your last piece. Bye bye. She's um, pretty so cute. My tongue. Do you do you remember the name of that? Um, yeah, they go back. Hey, hey, Siri. What's the name of Ray Bradbury's time travel story? Gotten into the web. Sound of Thunder. Sound of Thunder. Siri, boy, you got you got the yeah, science fiction device help there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never I've never connected that. Beck Beck laughs at me, but I um, I mean I do look things up obviously, but um, I don't know. I can't get myself to use Siri. Well, that's uh, this. I only use Siri on the phone for those small questions that are immediate. You know, for me. I want I well, I want to know it right now, um, but yeah. Otherwise, I, I'll I'll do my research in different ways. Yeah, but I'm still I'm still of the generation that I had to go uh, to uh, where I lived in in Michigan. I lived like right across the street from Michigan State University, and if I was going to do some research, I'd use their library and and when the internet was just starting up i wanted to use the of course i wanted to use the internet to do research um i could ask one question for 25 dollars what and that someone much? else would 25 dollars, and someone would type it in for me and then i'd get a list of you know so i had to i had to really know what my search question was going to be wow that's expensive yeah. Well, think about how many search questions you use now, a day. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was wow. expensive. But I really wanted to use it to see what it was, you know, see what was going to happen. Kind of like chat GPT now. Okay. Locked yourself out. All right. Hello for the third time, Charlie. I'm not leaving it open. It's cold out. You put your shoes on. 85 here. Oh, I don't know what it is here. It's like probably 40 or something like that. 50? No, it's going to be a little warmer than that. 50? Oh, man. Yeah. Boy, nice where you are. 
Uh, yeah. Man, Every day. Thunder, that's, a great, that's a great story. That'd be a fun one to do as a little mini episode. Yes. We should uh, put together three or four short stories on time travel. Because sometimes the short ones are better than the long ones. Yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? We could do a, a short story. Yeah, yeah. Or just one. We have one discussion. Um, well, what do you think uh, next here? Are you still are you still thinking about your idea where we each you suggested we each just choose one? And then you know, I on. thought about that over the last couple of days. I was thinking of that, and I think that would be a better idea at the end of the season rather than at the beginning of the season. I think there are, if, well, let's go back and say, are we going to do the same thing with this theme as we did with Mars and, and do it chronologically? I mean, there is kind of a, a theme going with the chronological and the time, you know, time travel thing. It, <laughs> it might make, might make, uh, sense be fun it was i i have to say this that while we were doing the mars season chronologically i kind of loved it and hated it and by the Mm -hmm. end of the by the end of it i i was really liking how we how we looked we could look back through the whole kind of genre historically i I thought it was very useful. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was I was a little frustrated because there were some books I, I just kind of wanted to get to. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah, I felt I felt similarly. Um, well, uh, I'm okay. I'm happy to do that again. The chronolo- to work through it chronologically. I mean, it. I mean, we kind of almost have to if it's time travel and chronologically we can you know it's, it fits with the theme it feels it feels right um but i don't know which one is next that which is interesting because i i really have read a lot of time travel stories have, have you looked at any uh any any lists you sent a list didn't you yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to find that as you're you're saying that. I I don't know why I'm not seeing that. I thought that was in our folder. Oh, you know what? Oh, maybe I transferred it. Didn't transfer that over when I. You know, I could kind of moved everything over to that. Um, life, death, sci-fi folder. Um, Oh, I think I know where it is. We're still chatting. Yeah. Just going to be like, like a few minutes.
No, you didn't send it it to me. But I I know we've talked about it. Okay. Huh, I cannot find that list. I didn't have Yeah, weird. I don't know. I don't know where it is. I I just compiled my list of what I thought could be possible time travel texts. Okay. Um, and okay, I've got a list from Goodreads I'm looking at. Oh, but it's not in. We talked about Slaughterhouse Five. We talked about Timeline. Um, but those aren't old, old, old. Mm. Uh, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, but by Mark Twain. But that's not going to fit our definition. But what a no. good writer, huh? Yeah, it'd be a fun read, but no, it doesn't fit, does it? A Christmas Carol, like you you said, again. Ooh, Robert Heinlein, A Door Into Summer. I have not read that one. Isaac Asimov. I have read The End of Eternity. That was interesting. Well, isn't there a, um, wasn't there a sequel to The Time Machine that was approved by the estate? I think I remember you saying that. There's some. Really good ones here. Are you finding anything with a. Uh... Yeah, that's that's around that that date. No, see. Um, no, they don't have dates. Oh, well, maybe we got to do a little more research here to kind of. Yeah, I think so. It's not, yeah, we're it's... not going to, I'm not going to be able to do it here. But, you know, as I'm looking through these, there's some really good books. Really good stories. But again, like one of my favorite authors for time travel is Jack Finney. And I'm not sure. I'll have to look back at at how they travel in time. I'm not sure it'll meet our, our standards. But a really well-written um, time travel books. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll leave that for... Um, 
conversation on WhatsApp, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll have to do that. Um, uh, one of the other, um, I haven't checked this out yet, but I, I some, some kind of science fiction fan site that was called like, uh, like I, I wrote this down. So oh, I, yes, I there is a, 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 a website uh, that's all about uh, time travel. Let's make that a homework for us to investigate that. Well, the other, yeah, the other thing I started reading was um, uh, something like um, time travel, um, like it's like a history of time travel, a history time travel. Yes, history. yes. That, yeah, there's a guy who put it all, all together, yeah. Yeah, that's probably worth checking out as well. Um, oh, the one I was just thinking of was called File 770. Okay. I haven't heard that one. File seven. Yeah, Mike. Seven, seven, zero, seven. Yeah, yep. Okay. And it's a no. science fiction fan site. Oh, oh, okay. I, I was thinking that was a title. Okay. Yeah, maybe All right. worth perusing there as well. Okay. All right. Well, I'll do a little research there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in touch and kind of see and... Um, yeah, maybe for this one, um, maybe we get up into the mid 20th century faster than we thought, <laughs> you know, given given this, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what, ha- what happens. Okay. All right. Well, uh, hey, great uh, chatting with you. You got to hit and... Um, See you at the uh, Spaceman's Ball. Yeah. Yes, as always. Somewhere in the um, future. Yeah. Yep. It's nice. It's nice to see that the uh, Russians got off uh, their space station, and after six months in space, travel. I wonder how many times they went around the planet. Uh, talking oh, I didn't about spacemen. I didn't realize yeah. that it happened. Yeah. Yeah, they were stuck up there for a while, uh, so six months is a long time. Hmm. Yeah. yeah but, sure. Seems uh, seems like we're playing with some fire here in the world these days, huh? Like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Strange. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's see. See, if you go in the past, you know, if you try time travel in the past, you can you can avoid all of these kinds of conflicts and land in a place that is, you know. Very peaceful and nice. Where would you do that? You know, you know. I, I'm sure for for uh, white people, the South uh, pre Civil War was a splendid time. But uh, that's. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, it's certainly better than for other people, but. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I figure like my first thought was like, yeah, just go find, you know, go land on some tropical island or, you know, Polynesian island removed from everything. But depending on the time frame, I don't know, it might be uh, some scary white ghost showing up there. <laughs> they don't, they don't, <laughs> that they don't, yeah, they, they annihilate, they uh, exterminate. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Hmm. All right. I'm I'm yeah. stopping the recording.